All right, so you're done eating now, so we can actually record. So what's up? Oh, yeah, you know, just just doing my thing. Just doing my thing. Finally got all of my furniture. Now that journey is done with. <laughs> how, I'm how very happy you? for you, honestly. Like, this has been a long, multi-month journey for you to find furniture in your new home. It's literally taken me f- almost four we- four months to get a bed. So. I don't I don't understand. I, I just, like, physically cannot understand how long, why this takes so long. Like, I get it conceptually because it just... Is it, uh, but it's just, uh. <laughs> well, there was a very specific Swedish department store that I didn't want to buy anything from. That was like my goal, which I makes see. it completely like, if you want, like, it's way more difficult because if, even if you want to buy something used, it's like 95% of the things online are like from that store. Yeah. Uh, and then I just looked at other stores and I wanted to buy something. And then it, the order like multiple times couldn't get through. So I was like, fuck. Then I was just lazy, and then I just tried again uh, with my flatmate and just entered his name instead of mine with the same address, and it worked. And I was like, okay, I guess this is happening now. Oh. Oh. That's nice. Um, Yeah. What about you? Well, I mean, we will not not name the so-called Swedish department store. I know there are so many Swedish uh, furniture stores out there. Of course. Um, But for anonymity's sake. Yeah. But if I said... said, um, Swedish furniture store would like to sponsor this podcast. <laughs> please go. Please ahead. don't. Please don't. <laughs> please don't. You're horrible. Okay, never mind. Okay, wow. We're not getting any sponsorships after that. <laughs> no. I want I want to get a, a sponsorship from a different Scandinavian Swedish furniture store? No, a Scandinavian <laughs> uh, brand with four letters that I already did a weekly hook on. That would be great. I mean, that would be very very apt, but no one's paying money for this garbage. So <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I don't know where to go from here. Do we just go into the episode? Sure. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> oh, You're man. the one All who right. was like, oh, let's do have a thing before. And now no, you that was perfect. It. Damn it. You ruined my transition this yes, time. Yes, I know. That's what, that's, <laughs> that was the point. Because like you just can't do transitions. You're just like, oh, do we do the other thing now? <laughs> yes, that's my transitions. That's how it works. It's, okay, fine. I don't, I don't do artsy, fancy transitions like you do. No. Which, no. Do you have a transition that you have prepared now? No, I'll leave of course you space not. This is your that. job now. You're the one who was like, oh, let's have a like, chat on, on the podcast before. Hey. What is happening right now? This this podcast is officially off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> so, the last episode of Book of Bobo. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what you said. That's literally how we were going to start this. I know, I know, I know. It's just funny when it comes from you. I said, yeah, do, do your job then. <laughs> I did my job. Do you see how, how, how it feels if someone ruins your transition? Yeah, but you do it intentionally. I don't do it intentionally. <laughs> That's the difference. It's not in our actions, it's in our intent. I see. Oh, uh, mm, in this case, maybe. In this case, yeah, not in all cases. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Anyway... Boba, seven, episode seven, season finale. Here we are. We have finished the first season, presumably the only season of The Book of Boba Fett. I'm not sure where we stand on that. Do you know? 
Uh, I don't know. I don't seek out any news. Uh, oh, good point, actually. Spoiled. Yeah, if anyone would know, it would be me. Um, exactly. As far as I know, this is the last episode of The Book of Boba Fett. I fucking hope so. <laughs> That's a good segue into the thing. So I think we should... Um, you know, talk about our impressions and stuff, go through the episode itself, and maybe end the this episode with kind of an overview of what we thought about the whole season. Do you think that's all right? I think that's all right. All right, let's do it. So, I mean, obviously a lot happened. I think this is the longest, this is by far the longest episode of this season. So, do you have any initial thoughts on what you, how you you reacted to watching this episode? I felt like it was kind of all over the place that's one really good way to describe it honestly they tried to fit so much into this yes yet they had this the timing and spacing of this episode was also so strange in terms of like you know they spent half the episode trying to destroy these two droids (laughs) but like but that was just way too much time i think i don't know there's a lot that went into this whole thing so yeah and they're just like one action set piece after the other but it's still I don't know. Maybe I'm changing my mind on Robert Rodriguez because like all of the episodes that he's directed were just boring. Even like the action was like, yeah, whatever. Like some of, don't get me wrong, some of it was good, but like most of it was like, yeah, it's just like an action thing, whatever. Like it's nothing amazing. There are parts to this stuff that I really liked in the dialogue and some of the conversations that do happen in this in this episode. So I I would say still overall that I enjoyed watching the episode. It wasn't that like I was um bored per se. Maybe you were more bored than I was, but the some of the action sequences did seem a little clunky and a little bit oddly directed honestly, mm-hmm. but I I think in the end I still did enjoy it. So maybe we defer on that, but um, no, I think- there are I think the thing that just like th- throws me every time is that stupid youth gang. Oh yeah, they're so weird, especially like this one guy who goes on the spin. Oh, like, that was, <laughs> that's my fucking note. Like that's the ep- that's like the epitome of what's wrong with this fucking youth gang. I hate that so much. And like yeah. those space vespas are so silly. It's like so everything bad. about them, like the way they're styled, the way they're shot is so bad. It's like so not Star Wars. What were they thinking? That's like the thing that I hate so much about this show. It's like this gang. Jesus. Honestly, it's fine. Like, I mean, if they, because Fennec had her speeder that she was going through the city with. And why can't they just have normal speeders like everyone else? Like, yeah, and it's, it's way fine. too colorful for Star Wars. Yeah. Especially because the entire palette of the episode is this nice grayish brownish kind of earthy tones throughout the entire episode it just it strikes you so much and it's almost hard to ignore because of how sharp they come out and they pop off the screen in a negative way so i like it so many times it's it's nice to kind of um contrast you know a bland bland not in a negative way but uh kind of a bland background or a bland scene with something that pops in color some bright primary colors that kind of draw your eye towards them but you need to have those things be the most interesting or the most captivating parts of the sequences you can't have them be the most boring and annoying things about the episode and it just draws you more towards that okay shall we actually go through what happens (laughs) 
Yeah, sure. Um, th- this summary is a long one. I think I said that the past few episodes, but I think this is by far the longest one just because, A, it's the longest episode, and they did try to jump jumble a lot of things into yeah. this episode. So I'm just going to go, go get, get make myself a cup of tea. Why, why is right. it? See you in 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the episode opens with our group of heroes in the ruins of Garza Sanctuary, the name of that casino that we've been forgetting the name of this entire season. But they're wondering about how to best proceed in the upcoming war. They decide to hold on, hold their ground in the streets of Moss Espa following the advice of the street youth gang and split up to canvas different parts of the city. Meanwhile, a mysterious X-Wing arrives at Pelimoto's ship. As she goes to see what's inside, we find out it's Grogu, um, seemingly having made his choice presented by Luke in the last episode. Before the battle begins, Cad Bane shows up to negotiate with Boba, trying to lure him into a duel, baiting him with info that it was the Pikes that killed his Tuscan family. Boba resists, following the wise counsel of Fennec Shand, who is again MVP, setting up the upcoming conflict. It all starts to go wrong when the other crime families turn against Boba, killing his Gamorrean guards, pour two out for them, and one of his other troops... And, and sorry, and his other troops are attacked. Meanwhile, Fennec is sent off to Moss Eisley, and the two Mandalorians try to buy some time and surprise the surprise attack the Pike garrison. Just as they're pinned down, the Freetown reinforcements arrive and seemingly save the day. However, as the Pikes retreat, two huge destroyer droids enter the fight. We get a long sequence of trying to destroy them, and it only works when Boba brings his Rancor into the city and is able to eventually destroy them both. Oh yeah, did I also mention that Grogu shows up? <laughs> so Grogu shows up. Um, I think you said that it, when you when you two were talking about. No, the but Grogu shows up in Mos Espa. Ah, I see. Um, <laughs> also, like a great babysitting job by Pelimoto, like just bringing Grogu into an active war zone. <laughs> just, <laughs> <laughs> to to be, I mean, did she know what was going on? I don't know. I mean, there's blasters and explosions going on everywhere, but. Yeah. Leave that to the side. In the end, it's fine because Grogu saves the day because he's able to bond with the Rancor and puts it to sleep using the Force because the Force can do that. Um, we get a final showdown. <laughs> we get a final showdown between uh, Bane and Boba where we get a window into their relationship and and also Cad Bane is able to kind of overwhelm him. But after being pinned down, Boba is able to kill Bane with his gaffy stick. Fennec, meanwhile, completes her mission in Moss Eisley and assassinates the Pike and other crime family leadership of the city. In the aftermath of the battle, we see citizens of Moss Espa rebuilding and bowing to Boba as he walks around the city. He shares his Melu run, another reference to Melu run, with Chrysanthemum as those who are all left on Tatooine bask in their victory. The episode ends with Grogu and Din in their new starfighter as Grogu is banging on the glass dome, seemingly asking for Din for something. Din eventually says, all right, but this is the last time, pushing the space NOS button to Grogu's delight, ending the Book of Boba Fett. We do, for the first time also this season, get a mid-credit sequence. We see Cobb Vanth in the back-to-tank getting heals as the mod doctor from a few episodes back working is working in the background. And I did not see that sequence. So oh. <laughs> good to know. Good to know. That's cool. Because I was wondering who was in the Baxter tank because I thought it was Chrysanthemum, but then he showed up, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Oh, no, it's too bad. 
No. You missed that. But I mean, it's I told you what it is. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry. Exactly. <laughs> I was really surprised in the in the very beginning to see that literally like this this one like this bombing destroyed everything and killed everyone. I did not think that like lo like looking at the um the explosion last time, I didn't think that that was be, would be so bad. I have a seeking suspicion that like I mean either kind of like the survivors were huddled out and we didn't see them because we don't see any bodies or anything inside the I think we the casino, do. right? Is there? Do. Yeah, there was like some charred corpses. <laughs> I think. Oh, were there? I apologize if I missed that, but I my my head canon is that they kind of cleaned up everything a little bit before mm. we actually get to see it on screen. Because there is like, I mean, it is still Disney, so there's not going to be any blood or any like. You lim say that, limbs. and it is Disney, but we see, we do later on see the mayor being uh, being hung, yeah, being You're hung, right. and I thought that that was like, I did not see that coming. That's a good point, honestly. So keep it up, Disney. Go more and more into yeah. it. <laughs> but yeah. Um, the setup about like oh the people of Freetown will they're totally coming that was so obvious that they were not gonna come and then in the crucial moment arrive and just the way they talk about it in the very first two, few minutes which is like uh, this is what go what's gonna happen because apparently they're like why this is such a trope why 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 it's so unimaginative. Yeah, honestly, the setup sequence, I think, is probably one of the weakest parts of this episode because mm -hmm. we also get this information dumped by Fennec Shand, which is just like, blah, 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 blah. This is happening and then this is happening. Mm -hmm. And then it's uh, it's just not, it's just very clunky. I think I think you said that word already. But the I love a Star Wars planning sequence, right? Where you have like a little like hologram or whatever and you talk about what are you guys going to do. But they didn't even do that. It was mm. just them standing around like awkwardly in this space and just talking about random information. It would have been much cooler if they were kind of huddled and then they'd say, okay, you guys take this corner, you guys take this corner. And then you sequence into like the them getting attacked by the different crime families. But instead you have that entire sequence being given by the perspective of the youth gang as they go around on their speeders and they see all their friends or whatever. It's just like, yeah. Oh, the worst worst part of that is that you see the youth gang in every shot. Um but I exactly. feel like they, they could have just had like a montage and a voiceover to to like make like tighten that up a little bit. Do whatever. Just you have to distract us with something visually as you're giving some sort of information. You yeah. can't just have like one pan shot of Fennec Sean explaining stuff and nothing else interesting happening on the screen. Mm. It distracts us from it. Like this isn't that the golden rule of voiceovers? Because voiceovers are shit, so you have to like distract us with something on screen to be exactly. able to buy it. Yeah, absolutely. That's kind Gosh. of a, like avoid uh, avoid voiceovers whenever you can. But in in this scenario, would I would have preferred it to what actually happened. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like the reveal that the Pikes actually killed the Tuscans, not just this biker gang. That was kind of a nice thing, and how Cat Bane uses that later on. Well, I figured that. I like how he uses it. So the two moments of this episode that I really do like, I mean, we're going to put all Grogu in relationship stuff aside because mm -hmm. that's all cute. Um, but um, are the Cad Bane Boba interactions. The first yeah. one and the second one. I think they're really cool, especially once you know the depth of their relationship and like their kind of 
uh, background there, which is really interesting. Also, as two characters kind of who fought throughout the Clone Wars as well. And you have it's a really cool back and forth between the two of them. I'm kind of sad, though, that Cad Bane did end up dying. Like, I feel like that's a, a somewhat of a disappointing end, I guess, maybe because the the way it was choreographed is a little disappointing. But mm. I still I like the poetry of Boba being the one to kill him. Um, especially with the gaffy stick exactly i I love it being the gaffy stick Um, but yeah i was also i i'm not sure how i feel about uh uh, them actually killing off cad bane yeah that's like that's not that's not your business (laughs) in my mind like that's i feel like that's almost it's almost like uh sacrosanct in a way like cad bane shouldn't be dying yeah, he's the ultimate survivor. That's kind yeah. of what we know about him. So, like, I would imagine if he gets kind of like knocked down and beat, and as soon as Boba goes for like the kill, he kind of like goes off in his rubber, his his rocket shoes or whatever, and flies away or something. That's yeah. what he would do. Exactly. He would just like get out of it in some fashion, but not this time apparently. And I'm just. Yeah. <sighs> I really like the sequence. The first, the first standoff that they have, I thought was really cool and mm-hmm. i actually thought it was actually going to happen until fennec kind of chimes in um so i think it was a really interesting like the tension was w- really well built in that sequence yeah. there and especially as you said with the pikes killing his tuscan you know clan mm-hmm. but I, I mean i think we assumed that uh, was that not given to us as an audience i just assumed that it was the pikes who killed them oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah for sure i i just still like how they revealed it like that was like a it was like a as as far as exposition goes, like one of the better ones in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Also, I liked how the Pikes from the Pikes' perspective is just pragmatism. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, that's a that that's like a very, you know, interesting way to see it. And that's how like an uh, a crime corporation, which is what they are, yeah. gone out of control, would exactly think like that, right? Yeah, I did. Th- think it was weird to hear cad bane say that oh i'm surprised at how ruthless you are it's like come on man you should really know better yeah but i mean that's quite commonly known that the pikes are like quite ruthless right it's yeah whatever um one interesting question that i have um is like why would they just split up all of their troops like that like I, i get wanting to kind of canvas the city but it's just like you're super it's just a bad plan that they came up with honestly yeah and it's just they they sacrificed the gaborian guards for nothing i was so sad (laughs) yeah i was like please let uh, like have them survive and just have the gang die (laughs) yeah that would have been so much more exciting yeah and uh, i think it's just one of these things where again i think it's just like lazy writing it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna heighten the tension, even though in fiction it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it, it it's so silly, honestly. But what can you do? It's you can write a better fucking episode, is what you can yeah. do. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> Who wrote so... this episode? I know Robert Rodriguez directed it, but who's yeah. the writer in this episode? Uh, I can I can briefly check. That's actually a good good uh, question. Book of Boba. Live Googling at its finest. Yeah. Or live duck duck going. <laughs> in, my, <laughs> in my case, uh, John Favreau wrote it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, he wrote most of this 
season. Uh, the only one he didn't, he only co-wrote the la- the the sixth one. Which means Dave Filoni wrote it. And John exactly. Favreau's like, I need it's my name on this. The name, yeah. But Apparently, I, mean, I, I don't know if you if, uh, if you heard. So there was like a, a, um, a little bit of a controversy on the set of the show mm. in which um, Tamora Morrison, the actor who plays Boba Fett, uh, thought that Boba had too many lines and was refusing to say some of the lines that were written for him because he thinks Boba shouldn't be speaking this much because Boba like inherently is a like quiet character or something like mm-hmm. that. And then apparently he did this when John Favreau was like off in Atlanta doing Marvel things, I think. And then John Favreau had to like call into the studio and be into the yeah into the studio and just be like say the lines as written basically to to, to more Morrison. <laughs> Last time like, he's going to work for Disney and with John Favreau. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's very interesting. Like I kind of I kind of agree in that in that in that like kerfuffle, I kind of agree with Tamora Morrison. Like oh, yeah. I think but all that said, Boba especially in the second half of this episode season doesn't really have that much to say. Like it, in terms of like his his uh He's not in the episodes. Like he's not in episode five. He's barely in episode six. Like in this episode, he's in it a lot. Um, but it's, you know, it's really interesting. I found it, uh, and uh, like a window into the the making of the show. I guess. Yeah, but the thing is also if you, I I agree he shouldn't say as much, but then he would have to emote more with his face, and that's not something he does. Which uh, again, I don't think is necessarily Timura Morrison's fault. It's maybe just the direction. I think it's all the direction because like look at you know Pedro Pascal and how yeah. he emotes and it's not entirely his uh like acting his is acting for sure but I'm sure it's a lot of the direction it's a lot of um also I don't know actually this is an interesting question when the helmet is on is Pedro Pascal and or is Tamora Morrison in the suit Mm-hmm. or are there body actors that's another question to ask that's a good question but either way it, it, it's a it's a moot point i think you do have to have some sort of emotion or um, connection i think one of the things is one of the genius things of the mandalorian is that you're able to have grogu as this like emotional weight that you can connect to dinjarin so it compensates for his lack of emotion, not a lack of emotion, but his lack of um, speaking or his lack of, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, visual I emotion, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but so, the thing is, like with with Mando, he emotes a lot with like gestures and little head movements, and that's not yeah. something that Boba does. Yeah, he's very, he's much more rigid, very static. His, yeah, yeah. I think that might be because of his upbringing as well, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't know. It's it's really interesting to see. Alas, what did you think of Grogu's return? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. A, what the fuck, Luke? Like, <laughs> you should go to like escort Grogu yourself. Don't be like sending Grogu off to Tatooine of all places. I mean, my head can't, I mean, I could say that it's possible that Grogu just convinced R2 to go with him. <laughs> and Luke doesn't know anything until he realizes that they're all gone. That's so funny. So Grogu actually stole the mail, like the armor, and stole R2? No, not, not the armor. He decided for the armor, but then just convinced R2 to bring him to Tatooine. 
my head canon is that um, Grogu, Kylo Ren, Luke, and stole Yoda's lightsaber and the armor and ran off with R2. That would be amazing, but I also, where would, like, the lightsaber is basically his size. Yeah, right. So he can't really hide it. <laughs> I mean, it's maybe it's in the X Wing, but. Um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, obviously, that didn't happen. No. We clearly know what Grogu chose, and I think both of us are expecting that, right? Yeah. I, on multiple occasions, legitimately thought they were going to kill Dinjar in this episode. Like, I was. They can't do that. I, can't I was just. Killed him in when it's not even his show <laughs> i know it right I, but i was like are they gonna kill him in front of grogu mm. i was maybe i just psyched myself up because of my prediction last week that would just break my heart but multiple times he's like going to fight the rancor by himself he's going to like attack the big destroyer droids and it's just also loki the dark saber is has been useless <laughs> yep i'm just what's the fucking point like like use it in the battle like I guess he's not trained well with it, and they did. They did. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's not the dark saber's fault. That. It's it's Din's fault because he just yeah. doesn't use it. Yeah, he doesn't know how to use it, so he doesn't use yeah. it. I wonder. Do you think he'll go back and he'll train with Luke to use the dark saber? That'd be fascinating. Ooh, interesting. Or maybe with Ahsoka. Maybe. Well, I don't think with but Ahsoka. I guess Luke cause... is easier to find than Ahsoka is. Yeah. <laughs> where Where in the world is Ahsoka's Tano? Yeah, seriously. That's a fun game to play. <laughs> she's everywhere and nowhere uh, um i speaking of grogu's return i did not like amy sadars in this episode at all it was way over the top and i yeah. hated it so much i had the same note it's even like the little comments at the end of the episode are just like oh, you're ruining the, the worst just breaking all of the tension with this stupid oh there's not gonna be a barbecue i guess like, yeah. fuck you shut the fuck up i don't uh, even know what that means you're gonna kill and cook the rancor yeah. like what god so or like a like a victory barbecue or whatever not even cooking the rancor but just like oh why would you have dialogue in this moment yeah it was a beautiful scene i thought it was really nice to end on yeah. but it was really it was really bad and also like i didn't mind her at the beginning um when she kind of like picks mm -hmm. up grogu and is like i'm gonna feed him or whatever like but A, don't shut up R2 because R2 is much more important than you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Yeah, she just kind of got on my nerves a little bit. And also the idea of bringing Grogo to the battleground is really stupid. <laughs> Not honestly. very responsible. Yeah. But yeah. I was kind of hoping that she would um, keep Grogu so long that they, that they kind of miss Manta and then they are not seeing each other. Yeah, that would I be really that interesting. interesting. But... Oh, I like that's not where they went. They just went the obvious way, as always. Um, yeah, but <laughs> really you know. hating on the writing. Apparently, as I as I say all of this, I realize. Well, on the on the one hand, I do like Fennec Shand as a like. I think she's yeah. a fucking badass, obviously, like in everything that she does. Mm -hmm. I I think they sidelined her for too long in this episode, though. Like, I would have liked to see her a little bit more in the battle mm -hmm. first and then run off to Mos Eisley to do her thing. But, like, she basically pieces as soon as the battle starts. And I'm just like, okay. Yeah. She does two things, which is save the youth gang and yeah. kill everyone at the end. Yeah. Which, I mean, she is a master assassin at, at, by training. So, like, yeah. her killing everyone at the end is, like, it is apt for her. 
but she could have like just participated in the battle and then afterwards just went to go kill everyone. That would have been kind of cool. Yeah, she could have single-handedly killed all of the pikes. Honestly. Yeah, right. Because she's that good. Exactly. I, li- I did like the, the betrayal of the factions. That, yeah. was, ni- that was nice. Um, yeah, I mean, that was like, I saw that coming. Yeah, uh, as soon as they mentioned it in the in the prologue thing. Yeah. I was like, yeah. okay, they're totally going to betray him. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why would you bring that up? If like, ugh. Exactly. But, yeah, it was, I did. I also thought Chrysanthemum was going to be dead. I mean, they Me too. How him. did he survive that? Yeah, I don't know. He's just a badass, I guess. He's a Wookiee. Yeah. I mean, he's just amazing. Um, yeah. And I did like also like the fake like the surprise with the emissary and reading out the terms. That was so funny. Was, Actually, I thought that was really good. That was really good acting as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously with the jetpacks, that was uh, that was amazing. Yeah, I, my question is why did they ever land? Like they were up in the air and then why yeah. land? They could just that like makes... fly around. Exactly. Fly around and then just go behind them or whatever. Oh, or yeah. Surround them. Just split up. Just... One of them goes over like to the other side behind them, and so they yeah. they, they do like a two person pincer maneuver. <laughs> I mean, they're that good. <laughs> exactly, and they both have armor. So yeah, I was just so confused as to what why they chose their why they made their decisions like that. Like, yeah, it makes no sense. And speaking honestly. of bad tactics, like. Obviously, the cavalry arrives uh, with the people of Freetown. <laughs> yeah. But like, why do they, and later on, also the fucking youth gang, why do? Why does everyone hide between this like transport thing? Why don't they just fan out? Yeah. So Separate stupid. Your, like, it was so, it was really bad. Especially then when the destroyers come and then it's like, well. Yeah. Oh, God. When they, when they run away and they, they're trying to make this thing with the people of freetown and the youth gang look cool like oh yeah and we're totally gonna like go onto the roof and we're gonna stand our ground like the way they shoot everyone and the way they talk it's supposed to be like so cool but it's so (laughs) not it's like the acting is bad the writing is bad even like the the direction like the camera is bad like the cinematography is bad and those like shots it's like this is just useless. Yeah, not a great look, um, especially on that last stand thing. <laughs> Honestly, just, like I'm just hating on this. I'm so sorry. I don't. There, are, I swear, there are things I like. <laughs> Speaking of one thing that I like, I really like the rancor scene. Or I love the rancor coming in and just like oh, destroying so cool. shit. Yeah. <laughs> so cool, and the way he destroys these big destroyer droids like Epic. holy shit what a yeah. badass <laughs> yeah like you can see we did i don't think we've ever seen an adult rancor like in this kind of battle nope sequence right and it's so cool to have boba being able to want to ride him and mm-hmm. it's 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 just like whoa that's kind of all i wanted to see i i honestly thought though it was a little too difficult for him to destroy those mm-hmm. destroyer droids i thought that he should be able to rip them up a lot easier yeah um, they're quite, they're really, really ferocious if they're able to kind of withstand uh, hits like that from a Rancor. But, yeah, yeah. this is a very good evolution from the original Destroyer droids. Yeah. Like, just what the do you energy think about... to keep up the shields. Is yeah, incredible. right? That's so much. And it takes a lot for anyone to, like, hurt them. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. Um, what 
What did you think about the King Kong sequence at the end of the oh, episode? Oh, I hated it. It was so yeah, bad. Too. It was so it's such an obvious, stupid, unnecessary reference. <laughs> I yeah, mean, I, I, I like I the fight that ensued with like um with Din. I like that part. But just yeah. it, it was just like killing all momentum as it just like for no reason climbs up this tower. And it's such an obvious I mean, I mean at least he didn't kidnap like I don't know the youth gang girl or whatever. Like that would have been way worse. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, why did he even run up the tower? There's no reason. Like at least in King Kong, he's running away from things, right? And yeah. this, he's just like, I'm just gonna go up. Also, I go why up. do they shoot the rancor? I think because the rancor, the they hinted at it earlier that the rancor is gonna destroy the city. And he was just kind of going on a rampage once Boba kind of oh. left, was off his... Because okay. like when Boba was riding him, he was able to control him. But then once he was off him, and he just like yeah. went around destroying That was stuff. also a little bit too easy. Like Just like two... Like, tw- using a flamethrower twice is enough to to have the Rancor give up on, <laughs> on Cad Bane when he just like ferociously teared into the, like those destroyer droids multiple times as they shot him. Or it, yeah. Like, Honestly, I, I, I actually really like that sequence when Cad Bane comes up because Cad Bane like knows everything about the Rancors as yeah, well. Of course. So he knows that like fire to the face kind of scares them. Yeah, it's like one of these epic Cad Bane scenes where like it's not just him against Boba; it's against him. Uh, it's about him against Boba on a Rancor. Yeah, and, <laughs> and he's, he's able to like kills him. Oh, so. It's incredible. And like this is how calm he is as the Rancor is going towards him. Mm-hmm. And he just like flamethrower. And then yeah. Rancor comes again, flamethrower again. <laughs> and just the Rancor runs off. I actually I like that as a reflection of Cad Bane. Yeah. But then true. again, like they juxtapose that with Boba being able to kill him relatively easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very true. But yeah, I I love the Rancor and it did remind me a lot of the episode in Clone Wars with the baby rancor yeah that was really nice and i did think that those action sequences were like the the animated ones were at least as good as the live action ones which is just like <laughs> yeah shout out to clone wars and i guess yeah kind of a detriment like i don't know is that you mean bad on... batch was it bad batch yeah uh oops okay cool um yeah, what else is there to say? Um, a lot still. But obviously we get Grogu using the force to save Din, getting a new toy. That was cute. Also super, super cute when he jumps into uh, Din's arms. That was adorable. That was so oh my adorable. God. When he just sees him, the way that Din reacts, it just is like, <gasps> and then yeah. Grogu jumps up. He's so happy. Uh, <laughs> so nice. Um. And how he just like puts the rancor to sleep. That was pretty funny. And it was very cute as as he like nestled up yeah. against him. That was very cute. I mean, that's that's gonna be Grogu's role, I guess. He's gonna be saving Din whenever he wants, yeah, basically. Exactly. It's uh I, I, I'm so happy. It is again, it's kind of interesting because like they built up to this huge moment at the end of season two of Mando, and then like almost immediately Grogu and Din are back together. Mm. So it's like it somewhat undermines their what they built up to in The Mandalorian. But I kind of don't buy that. Like I, I still 
like where they ended up going because of what it meant at that time for those people. Mm-hmm. Right. And then things can like go haywire or different in the in the future. And then you can show it just I think it reinforces how strong their bond was and how difficult it was for them to separate in the first place. Um, so I wonder kind of like what's going to really happen. Like, is Mando just going to take him back to Luke and kind of can try to convince him otherwise? Like, is he going to just like no questions asked continue? Like, I'm really it makes me really interested in their journey together as a family moving forward. It's also a very interesting move that they show all of this in a non-Mandalorian series, which means everybody who just watches The Mandalorian is going to be very confused when season three shows up and they're back together. Oh, that's a good point. Well, you just got to watch everything. Yeah, that's what they were <laughs> going to make you do. So, Yeah. I mean, I think it's like, if it's... Yeah, that's kind of sad that they did it that way. Oh, mm. I had an I had a different idea. Well, I guess I don't want to pivot too far into the whole season, but um we can. I think we're, I think we're pretty done with the episode. Yeah. The one thing that I'd like to say on this episode before we continue is I liked the dichotomy that Cad Bane presents to Boba about being a killer versus being quote of a leader or part of a family and mm-hmm. this differentiation that kind of like boba used to be like that and boba is in because boba is in so many ways built in the image of cad bane to be this legendary bounty hunter assassin kind of killer uh personality but it is really the transformative process that happens as a result of him being in the sarlacc pit going and living with the tuscan raiders that really does transform him and you can see that ultimate transformation in the in the aftermath of the battle where he is kind of even responding to all the bows even though he begrudgingly does it i I liked i like this idea of putting that up front i i really wish they built this out more over the course of the season so that we can really um materialize the transformation that boba goes through throughout the season because it kind of seemed hollow and pointless all the things that he was doing with the tuscan raiders but you kind of understand that transformation a little bit now in hindsight with that calling that out. But I think that needed to be presented significantly more within um, at least his time with the Tusken Raiders, maybe have him going out and killing people for money and then kind of getting kind of put down by the Tusken Raider leadership. And But all that is to say that what Cad Bane sort of says to Boba is, I think, a really good um, depiction of really the journey that Boba does go through through this episode and how he becomes his own man. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, but yeah, again, in terms of the Tusken Raiders as well, it's kind of a shame that they didn't develop that further. And yeah, I the, find that they didn't a come little hard to believe uh, when the Pike leader says that they kill like all the Tuscans. Like, really? All of them? I mean, maybe just like that group no i think he was referring to that tribe not all the Tuscan right Raiders, yeah, period. yeah 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 it's like that would be like a little bit too much but still that's impossible like, yeah i wish like, they had developed that further honestly yeah i wish they developed that further and i wish that one of the things that one of the goals i think that would have been interesting about the whole season would have been to upend the the relationship between the city folk and the tuscan raiders and incorporating the tuscan raiders into mainstream Tatooine society through Boba Fett and that would be a really cool transformation that they just didn't go through like they hinted at it at this epi- in this episode when they had this one side comment where the city person called her like a desert rat and the de- like the free person called the city person like 
something else. Like it was so weird. And like, oh, I kind of get this. But if you have that with the Tuscan Raiders, then you have a lot more understanding and history of animosity that we can draw upon to kind mm-hmm. of like undermine or underpin their their relationship and why it's such a big deal that they're working together. Because that would be so cool to see the Tuscan Raiders working with the city folk to kind of fight against a common enemy. But that like is just not there with Freetown and Moss Espen people. It's just like I don't know. It's weird. It was just a weird episode in some ways, but it, I still enjoyed it. All things, all things said, I enjoyed watching it, and I uh, wouldn't change. I would change a lot of things, but uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of lot of things. But uh, I guess it's time to talk about this season or this show as a whole now. What did you think? What's your overall impression now that we've gone through all of it? The most memorable things about this season are going to be the things that are not related to Boba Fett. <laughs> yes, and that's an indictment of this whole show, honestly. I think it's a huge disappointment. Yeah, I wouldn't go in to say huge not disappointment. Huge, yeah, but a definitely yeah. disappointment. Yeah, I would say I was like slightly disappointed, as I would say. Um, the thing is, like on the scale of Star Wars disappointments, a huge disappointment <laughs> are like <laughs> is, is is a big statement. Yeah, okay. right. I get it. Yeah, yeah. So. That's why I would say it's a slight disappointment. It took a step back from the quality of The Mandalorian, obviously. Um, But I also think that, in retrospect, I did like him living with the Tusken Raiders. I wish we had more of that and there was more of a point to it. But I liked those sequences in the early parts of the season. There are other things I didn't like that we mentioned before. I didn't like showing the Sarlacc pit. I didn't like um, kind of some of the other sequences. But overall, I think that it was like a C. It's fine. Mm. Um, maybe a C plus when you incorporate the Grogu Mando stuff. Like episode five was just so good. I really liked it. Um, and then episode six gave us a lot of fun Ahsoka stuff and Luke stuff. And that was like a thing to the side. But yeah, overall, I it's a show. Consider that cheating. Yeah, it is cheating, but... <laughs> I'm not okay. complaining again, as I've said. <laughs> Cheating is fine if it involves bringing Ahsoka Tano to the screen. Touche. Yeah, I mean, as with ev- pretty much every episode, there are things I liked about pretty much every episode, but there are also so many things that I didn't like. And yeah, overall, I don't know. I mean, as you said, the the most important things have nothing to do with Boba. And that's that's kind of an indictment. So, yeah, because really, what in the end changes in Tatooine? I guess no. they're not they're not running spice anymore. But the, again, that was something that was put to the side in the last episode. Like, yeah. like he was saying the last episode that we're not going to run spice anymore. But that's not like a big tenant of his motivating factor moving forward to rid mm-hmm. Tatooine of spice. Like, he was just the whole thing. Uh, the first six episodes, but I mean sorry, the first four episodes, because five and six have nothing to do with him, are him just kind of like half of the time in the back to tank and the other half <laughs> warring powers, states, like high politics kind of stuff. There is no like motivating. We don't see a motivation by Boba. Like, nope. It's still Cad Bane ask, in this episode asks him up front, what oh, is your angle? Yes. And 
The people That's are counting unclear. on me. No, they don't. Where do, when we have we ever seen that? What exactly. relationship does he have to quote unquote the people? And why does he have the right to rule over them? That doesn't make any sense. That's also why I hated the whole bowing thing at the end. It's just making no sense. It's like he's yeah, he's not from Wanda. Tatooine. He doesn't care about like it's just like it's pointless, honestly. Yeah. And it's funny in a way that they uh, like actually address it in the episode, but. The the reason that he gives is just not convincing. <laughs> yeah, not just, and it's like it's a macro representation of Boba in this show. We just don't know his motivations. We just don't know why he's doing what he's doing. I want. And, I'm gonna. I want to. Sorry, sorry. I I realize I I uh, interrupted you a lot today. Uh, I'm so sorry, but I, a thought just occurred to me. And yep. it's a very, I don't, it's going to sound more crass than I mean it, but is, okay. is Boba Fett the equivalent of the prequels? Like if you think of the original trilogy and the Mandalorian as the okay. OG thing, and then the create, like what, like the creator of those, of this thing is now doing something else. And maybe surrounding themselves with more, like more and more yes people. And is it, is it maybe because John Favreau didn't have a lot of checks and balances here? Why didn't check anyone? Like, why didn't anyone check his writing? For example, that's an interesting point. I wonder honestly, what's going on here. Interesting. I would say yes and no, maybe, because don't forget the, like the the influence that Robert Rodriguez had here too. So it is mm. like it is more collaborative than the prequels, relatively speaking. True. And don't forget, one episode was written and directed by Dave Filoni, and then you have the Bryce Dallas Howard episode, which is really good. So you do have yeah, those are the good ones. I know, right? So, but I think in terms, in yes, in the terms of it is a drop in quality from the original. Um, meaning the Mandalorian, but no, in the sense that I don't think it's as far of a drop, and I don't think it's as problematic per se in terms of like it doesn't destroy everything we know and love about Star Wars. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you put it that way, I I understand. Yeah, that, that's yeah. why. I, I mean, that's also why I said like it, it sounds more crass than I mean it. It's like it's like a very light version of that. It has like some def definitely some parallels. Um, but in other cases, not so much. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting, and I'm just, I'm I'm still very hopeful. I think as as always, like my problem was that I had too high expectations. Mm. Um, but what I really have like high expectations for is the Cassian Andor show. So uh, that's which interesting. Is... So of the remaining shows that are coming up this year. Mm. Um, which ones do you think you have the most or the highest expectations for? So just in brief summary, there's the Cassian Andor show, there's Bad Batch Season 2, um, Mando Season 3, and the Obi-Wan show. And hmm, I think, you know, it's, it's a kind of a, I don't know. I mean, Mando obviously is up there. I think Bad Batch, I don't care about as much. And and Cassian Andor and Obi Wan are kind of toe, toe to toe. I I would just really like to see like a really good depiction of Obi Wan. 
uh, like a live action one. Um, I mean, not nothing against Alec Guinness, just <laughs> just against the prequels. Um, so I'm like really hopeful for that, but I'm also really hopeful for Cassian because I really like him. But yeah, uh, I don't know. It's I I just have high hopes for all of them except maybe like Bad Batch. Bad Batch like a little bit less than the rest of it. There's just so much. I I mean like I'm obviously most excited for the Obi Wan show just because it is fucking Obi Wan Kenobi and it'll mm. be really interesting to see um, you and McGregor with ideally good directing and writing. Mm-hmm. So I would like to see how that happens and him wallowing. Ideal, I mean not ideally presumably he'll be wallowing in the aftermath of order 66 mm-hmm. so i think that would be really interesting and a, maybe I, I i wonder if it'll have a different tone very dark possibly yeah that'd be really cool yeah. i'd love that and i would love to see him kind of i don't know what, what he does like it's a really mm-hmm. interesting question to me and um honestly like second to that I just don't know enough about what's going to be on the Andor show to have expectations. I, I'm expecting something good um, just because I like the character, Cassian Andor. But um, I think I'm actually next to that most excited about Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. Just because I would, I just want to see where they're going to go with it. There's just so many interesting characters. I love Omega, obviously. So obviously, yeah. um, the, most, the Star Wars show I'm most excited for is Ahsoka, obviously. I mean, but that's, that's not coming but out But that's next year. year. I know. So... I can't Obviously, I'm most excited for that as well. <laughs> yeah, it's just like I can't not say Ahsoka <laughs> in response to your question. <laughs> but alas, it's a very exciting time to be a Star Wars fan, even if some of the shows like this one are disappointments in some ways. So, but yeah, there will be more in the future, and obviously, way like more cover Star Wars coverage on Serial Hooked as well. And with that, thank you for listening. Um, Chris, if anyone wants to sh- like the show and wanted to support us, um, what should they do? They should give us the maximum amount of rating available to them in whatever podcast app they listen to us. And if they want to get in contact, they should... Uh, send you a carrier pigeon. Um, but if that's not available to them, because obviously, you know, it's 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 a technology that's coming back and not everybody, like everyone's still adapting. Um, but you can also just go to our website, serialhook.com, where you can find like various means of reaching us. And we'd love to hear from you. All right. Thank you so much. See you. Oh, wow. It won't be next week. It'll be some random time whenever we have the next Star Wars show. Do you have the date offhand, by the way? Uh I don't have it offhand, but I, I mean, it's still not sure when Cassian starts. They're kind oh, they of, haven't released it? They haven't really released it. My, the, the thing that I have in front of me right now says it's coming out in April, but we'll see. All right. Well, we'll see you whenever the show comes out. And in the meantime, you can listen to everything else that's here on Serially Hooked, including our new season in which we cover and play some Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah!